That doesn't go with the song very well. Woo! Uh, better? I was, I was gonna do like a siren, but it didn't work out. No. We can get a sound clip of that though. Don't, you're gonna get the dogs all riled Oh up. yeah, I forgot about that. They like high pitch <laughs> stuff. What's up, everybody? Hey guys. Londa Soder, coming at you here. In our little recording studio. In our recording, recording? Recording. Recording studio. Recording that has dogs in it. With dogs in it. They're quiet at this moment. Mm-hmm. We're here. We're still rolling through season seven. We're getting season seven like ramped up. Yes. Lucky number seven. Mm-hmm. We're still here. Yeah, I'm still putting up with Sergio. She's still somehow. putting up with me. I'm still putting up with her. Let's thank the sponsors who are still putting up with us. Waste Place Audio for the music. I think they've been doing this for seven seasons or six seasons. Just about. Waste Space has been with us for a while. Yeah, they've been doing a lot of our music and sounds for at least five seasons. Yeah. But I think six. So thanks to them for the music. Thanks to Young Ideas Dish for all of your dish and Google product needs. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. We are here and we are talking some law and disorderly news. Yes, special celebrity edition. There's some interesting stuff in the news going on. You know, there is. And everything I've seen in the news so far has been about celebrities and just like famous people. And I'm like, you know what? That's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to dish it all out. I'm a Virgo. I love to spill the tea. I like to drink the tea. So that's what I'll be serving today. You know, not everybody's a celebrity in this edition. I'm going to add that. Just because you're kind of famous doesn't mean you're a celebrity. People that are more famous than us, than the average person. Are we average people? Really? I think I'm pretty average. I thought we would be like one step above average people at this point. Maybe a half step? We're like, we're in the 90s in our episode count. Surely we're somewhat famous to somebody. Maybe someone. I wonder if that dude that doesn't like me would consider me a celebrity. There's a guy, real quick, there's a guy that calls me like once every, what's like once every six months or every year, and he just prank calls me from a block number, and I answer it. I always answer it. He's like, hey, Sergio, your show sucks. Click. And then sometimes he'll just keep calling me back. And it's just to tell me how horrible of a human being I am at podcasting. But it's like, hey, you're listening, right? Yeah. I don't know who you are. He kept your phone number. I don't even know when he got it. (laughs) I don't know when I gave it out. But he's just like, hey, Sergio, your podcast sucks. Okay. And then he just calls him back. I'd be like, you want to come on the show? Yeah. Will you tell everybody how much I suck? Yeah. Tell us exactly what sucks. I'm a celebrity. I got I got a hater. <laughs> One hater. One hater. That's all it takes. That's all it, it takes. It spreads like that. All right. So for our celebrity edition of Law and Disorderly News, we're first going to talk about Danny Masterson and his prison sentence. Have you heard anything about this? I know he's going to prison for a very long time. Yes. So Danny Masterson is an actor. He's best known for being on that 70s show. Mm -hmm. He played Hyde. He was like the cool outcast guy with the curly hair and wore sunglasses all the time. Mm -hmm. So he was charged and found guilty of raping two women back in, I believe, 2001 and then 2003. Uh, These were women that were um, in, like, the Church of Scientology with him. He was Mm -hmm. a member of that. And apparently, at least I know with one of them, he drugged them, raped them. And now, 20 years later, uh, he's been found guilty, convicted, and sentenced to 30 years to life 
for this. And he's not eligible for parole until 25 and a half years. Mm-hmm. Or no, 29 and a half years, I think. Which is basically, you know, the whole 30 It's years. either 25 and a half or 29 and a half. But it's like, it's pretty far in the sentence before you're you're eligible. So, yeah, he's going to be there for a while. And I always think that it's interesting. I think it's a California thing where it's like, oh, it's this to life. And it's like, well, which one is it? Is it? I don't know. Most states just do like years, 30 years, 40 years. But it's I, like, this is like a. I might be wrong when I say this, but I want to say I heard on some new show I watched or an article that when your sentence like life in prison life in prison doesn't necessarily mean till like the day you naturally die sometimes in some states i think every state might be different in some states life in prison could mean 25 years and then after 25 years you're eligible for parole or or whatever i didn't know that i i think that's how it works and if i'm wrong i'm so sorry but i want to say that's what i heard Maybe that's changed since I heard it. But yeah, life in prison doesn't always mean like, okay, till the day you naturally die. Just, it's still a certain amount of time. I always think it's weird, though. It's like, okay, you get to year 29 and a half and you're like, all right, I'm going to get out of here. You're like, no, no, a few more. We'll win. We don't know. To life. Mm-hmm. You got a few more years left in here, buddy. Because there are people who have been given life sentences that have been released because they served their time. Is that why they give you a double life sentence? So to like, eh, we're gonna make sure you don't get out for sure. Like, there's no. So loopholes. like, if your life sentence, if a life sentence for that state was 25 years, and you're given two life sentences, that's 50 years. Huh. Okay. Well, he's got at least 30. Yeah. And um, so his some of his co-stars, Mila Kunis and um, Ashton, Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher, they got a little flack for. Uh, I guess they wrote support letters for him. Yeah, I think they wrote, like, some type of letter of leniency to the judge, mm-hmm. you know, speaking to his character about how they've been friends for so long, and he was a great co-worker, and he was respectful to people on the show, and blah, 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 and a lot of people looked negatively on the fact that they did that, because this also brought up a bunch of stuff that's happened with Ashton Kutcher, allegedly, quote, no, no, some of it wasn't alleged. Well, it was just like stuff that he said in the past. Yeah, and, like I mean, like there was creepy, shady things. Yeah, because there was one from Punked back in like 2002 where he he made a comment about um, Hillary Duff, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, she's 16 and she's on the can't wait to be 18 year countdown along with the Olsen twins." So, eh, I get it, but it's also like he was a I mean he wasn't a kid back then, but like, he's a dumb dude, 20-something-year-old saying stupid stuff. And it's like, you can't hold that over his head 20 years later. I mean, he said something stupid. Who 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 didn't say something stupid when they were 22 years old? And even if you did, you don't think it's going to affect you 20 years down the road? Like- no. I mean, if somebody else says that that's not Ashton Kutcher, they're not going to hold that over your head. But it's documented. You said it 20-something years ago. And it comes back and it bites you in the butt. I mean, uh, you know, that stuff, I get it. I don't know if that necessarily hurts. I mean, they're saying, like, that hurts his character. I don't know if that hurts his character because we were all a different version of ourselves back then. Now, the support letter stuff, that's different because that's something you wrote now. If you want to judge judge his character, judge him based on that. It's like, if you don't think he should support a convicted rapist, then, yeah, you can go ahead and get him for that. But don't start throwing, like, old crap at him. Like, oh, you said this. 
We all said stupid stuff 20 years ago. Am I, I mean, am I wrong on this? I, I, I wouldn't. No, I don't think so. I mean, I understand him him and his wife getting roasted for for that, which and they're again, they were apologizing, saying like, hey, we weren't belittling the, the conviction or we weren't doing anything. We we're just trying to support our friend. I mean, we're sending a support letter for him, like, because, again, it's it, at the end of the day, you send those support letters because you're trying to get some kind of leniency for the, the person that's convicted. But you're also looking at it as like his family. His family didn't do anything. His wife, his kid didn't do anything. You're trying to send those support letters to hopefully get some kind of leniency for them. You know? Or am I off on that? I I would agree. Um, uh, you, this article I read um, from USA Today, actually, they talk, they bring in this, uh, they call it a friendship expert. Mm-hmm. Um, their name was, I don't know if I'm saying it's right, Shasta Nelson or Shasta Nelson. Um, and they wrote something called Frentimacy. How to Deepen Friendships for Lifelong Health and Happiness. And in this, they write about how friendships can be very contagious. And they can have like a a friendship can have a really big impact on your life, not just physically, but mentally. And you might be really good friends with someone, but that doesn't mean, you know, everything about that person or you're not friends. You you can't be friends with 100% of a person. Because you might not know every single side to them. Mm -hmm. So the side that you see that is portrayed to you when you're with your friend, that's who you're friends with. And that's how you associate your friend. Okay. You know? That makes sense. So him being a cool coworker and being nice on set and friendly on set, that's what Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis saw. That's their friend. Their friend isn't the guy who raped those two women. I mean, they know he did it, but... All they can think about is, you know, that's my good friend. That's someone I worked with. That's someone we had good times with, blah, blah, blah. And it's a very, it's really cool. I didn't realize it until I read this article about how much friendships can affect you and how you associate the person that's being portrayed to you as your friend. Yeah, because I've known, I've worked with people who were addicted to drugs and I've had conversations with like their friends that they did drugs with and their friends that did drugs with them were, they saw them in a different light. Mm -hmm. Like the friends saw them, like I I saw them as a a coworker that was dependable and reliable, blah, blah, blah. I didn't really see that other side of them. And the other person that did drugs with them is like, really? He's responsible. Like I've never, he's that smart. Like I didn't know that about him. It's like, yeah, you see him all the time too. Just like I do. It's like, I see him from a different light than he does. Mm-hmm. And it's all depending on like what side you you experience with that person. If all you do is go out and party and do drugs with your buddy, I guess they're never going to see you besides just a druggie and a, a party guy, a fun guy. They'll never take you seriously as like a human being. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I can see that. I didn't think about the psychology of that. Yeah. And I mean, it can be applied to, to anything. You know, we tend to be blind to the bad behavior of our friends and our family when it's someone you really, really care about. It's almost like you don't want to think about it. You you turn from it. You're almost indifferent towards it because you don't want to believe that your friend or your loved one did this awful thing. Well, that's why your accountability partner is usually not somebody that's like close to you like that. Mm-hmm. You're like anybody that has like a mentor or something like that. That's usually somebody that 
you have a different dynamic with that person and that person sees you well they're a, a, you know if you have a mentor they're usually trying to help build you up they're trying to help coach you and you know life coach and all that so they see they see the side that other people don't see you know they see the part that you're trying to work on mm-hmm. you know and the part you're trying to work on you don't want to show that to your friends you want them to think you got it all together yeah you know it's just like wanting to keep up with the joneses keep up with your with what's going on in the neighborhood you want to look good for the neighbors <laughs> you yeah know? we don't like to show our flaws or the bad things we've done or the mistakes we've made hmm. yeah well so yeah i mean i would say justice has been served in this case Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, I, I think the victims have received justice. It's very unheard of, I think, or I know, not that I know personally, but I, I've seen the statistics that it's it's very rare for rape victims to actually report their case, have their person indicted and convicted and actually sentenced to a long sentence. So especially when, like, a lot of time has passed. A lot of time and the fact that he has ties to the Church of Scientology, which has a lot of money. That's a very powerful organization. And the fact that he still got 30 years is kind of unheard of. Mm-hmm. So good for them. Um, I don't know. I, I, I loved that 70s show and now I don't know if I can watch it again. Well, so it's I mean, you got to remember, too, that when they were filming that show, when it, in season one, uh, Ashton Kutcher was 19. And Mila Kunis was 14 mm-hmm. because I believe her mom had to be on set when she kissed him. Cause they kissed in episode or somewhere in season one, they kissed or made out. And like, you had to have like a parent present for that. Well, when you're a minor, I think in any show you have to have. Yeah. But I think like, re- like once you get into that kind of acting, it's like, no, no, we really need you here. Mm. <laughs> like, so yeah, I mean, it, it's weird, you know, it's just, it's interesting. And you see people in a different light. Because, again, we grew up with those guys. I mean, they're my age. So I was I was their age when those, that show came out. And it's like, now you see them, it's like, oh, you weren't as cool as I thought you were. Yeah. You're a little different. Mm-hmm. We know more now. But anyway, that's that's it on, on Danny Masterson and the rest of the cast of that 70s show. Watch again if you want. Um, okay, let's move on to our next story. So... You might have heard in the news, or I hope you have because it's been a long time, but about the uh, WGA strikes. This is the Writers Guild of Act and Actors are striking for better wages. They've been striking. For like over three months now. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Well, the writers started it and then the actors joined in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this thing's been going on. I think it started in May. I think it's when the writers started striking was in May. Mm-hmm. And then the actors came in in like July-ish. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know a whole lot about it. I think the only part I really have, have kept in my brain is I think the thing they're arguing about is the streaming royalties. I think it's, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with royalties. But I think streaming in particular because mm-hmm. so when you're a writer or you're an actor, you get paid for stuff, you know, years later. Like, hey, if it... If this movie shows on HBO or if this movie's on TNT or if somebody rents X amount of copies of this movie. Well, when they created all these, I guess their last agreement, they didn't have streaming in those agreements. It's always been like, oh, if somebody rents a movie. Well, yeah, they've been renting. You've been able to rent movies for 30 years, 40 years. 
you know, it's been, it's re-aired on TV and on cable. Uh, you know, sometimes it comes back to a movie theater for a special edition. But streaming is an entirely different animal. And it's like, when streaming started, nobody thought it was going to, I don't think anybody thought it was going to be as big as it was. And streaming isn't that old of a technology. What, 10 years, maybe? Ish. Ish. Like, it really didn't start getting really big until, what, like the last six or seven? Mm-hmm. Probably when we had, you know, smartphones with screens and people could stream on the go. I mean, because in the beginning it was Netflix. And then it was like Netflix and Hulu. And now it's like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, uh, Peacock, HBO. Paramount, HBO, Disney, blah, ESPN, blah, Showtime, YouTube. E- yeah, ESPN, YouTube, blah, 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 blah. And now it's like, wait a minute. This thing has turned into something way bigger than what we thought it would be. And these, uh, these agreements that we came up with 10 years ago, those are no longer valid. You know, we want to get compensated. It's like there's there's money. There's somebody's getting this money. The studio gets this money. Why aren't we getting a piece of that pie? So that's really what the big argument's about, isn't it? I mean, I think that's the big sticking point is the It's that's one of them. It's not the only one. Another really big um topic that they're striking about and want to um, make progress on is protections against artificial intelligence. Oh yeah, that one too. So now that AI is, you know, at a point where, you know, it's basically its own person and can write things like it could write a whole show, right? Mm-hmm. Chat GBT, whatever. They want protections against that because they don't want AI to one day take all their jobs. Well, isn't another thing with AI is like, so you could take an extra, for example, and use AI to make multiple of the same person or put them in another movie. I think that's what I was reading too about AI is like, because AI is not that person. It's like I could take Brad Pitt in this movie, and yeah, I got to pay Brad Pitt. But if I take AI Brad Pitt and put him in this other movie, like maybe I have to pay him for his likeness, but I don't have to pay him for acting. Exactly. You know, it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a whole other thing too. Is like the the gray area of what they can do with AI. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Uh. I don't want AI to take my job, but we'll get to that that bridge another time. <laughs> um, but apparently, according to this article I'm reading from NBC News, they are not anywhere close to no negotiations or settling or getting new contracts written. Um, so, I think I think we're as 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 you know consumers of entertainment, specifically movies, TV shows, things like that. I think from that standpoint. In regards to how much content we're going to get, I think we're okay for the fall season because all the fall shows are starting to come out, right? Because mm-hmm. we had all our summer movies, which have already been pre-filmed you know, filmed before the strike. All the fall shows are going to start you know, being released here. Those were all filmed pre-strike. But the strike started you know, several months ago this year in 2023. So everything that should have been filming that's going to come out next year has not been filmed well stuff is starting to, movies have started to get pushed back i think i was reading i think it's beetlejuice 2 that had like two scenes left to film and it's like well we we're just sitting here now like we'll we'll finish it you know or we'll remove them i don't know they probably need them for the movie but yeah like marvel movies you know marvel comes out with something every you know every three or four months is a new marvel movie they're starting to get pushed out 
there's a lot of stuff getting pushed out because of this. I know Stranger Things, uh, I don't think they're going to be able to start filming again. I think they were supposed to be filming already, but mm-hmm. now they can't film until like this time, 2024. Yeah, I think they said Cobra Kai, which is the last season, Stranger Things, the last season, season two or three of Wednesday. Uh, Euphoria was supposed to start filming there's a their lot next of, season. There's can't a, do that till a lot next of stuff year. getting pushed back. And, you know, a lot of these things get filmed a year, two years in advance. So there's certain things right now that are, we're, we're fine. We'll have some stuff in the fall. But I think we get into the spring and the summer of next year. Yeah, it, I think the slate's going to be a little thinner. Um, So I don't remember what film festival there was in Europe, but there was a film festival. And there were a few movies that were featured in the film festival. And they were, I guess they had exemptions to be in the festival from from these entities that are striking, but that's because the producers were independent producers and they abided by whatever they're striking against. So they set up their, their contract the way that, that they would want to do it. So that's the only reason why it was an, why I was exempted. There's two or three films that came out like that. And that might happen too. You might get to the point where, where there's more indie movies, like more big indie movies where they're like, well, Hey, you know, if, if Paramount doesn't want to abide by this, We'll take this screen, we'll take this script, and we'll run with it, and we'll make it, you know? Mm-hmm. Because it does come down to that. If you have independent producers creating that movie, they could say, they could do whatever they want with it and say, well, we're going to follow these rules because we want this movie to come out. And a lot of these actors have so much power, money, investors, they could just go after, you know, somebody like Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise or Matt Damon could be like, well, hey, do you want to invest? Like, we just want to make this movie. Like, do you want to just do it, you know? Okay. And then, oh, you're out of luck, Paramount. You're out of luck, Sony. What What's so crazy is that because of all this, uh, the Security and Exchange Commission assumes that the entertainment industry is going to be negatively impacted by this by they're saying about $500 million. Oh, Okay. So the industry is going to suffer by half a billion dollars, right? Or, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, that'd be a hundred million. By half a five hundred million dollars. Um, I can't math today. Sorry. Uh, and what's what's crazy to me is that I I think I heard somewhere that the, if they had just like negotiated and signed these new contracts and had everyone working by now, they wouldn't have lost that much money because the actors and the writers aren't asking for that kind of money. Like their their total negotiated salaries and residuals and royalties and all that would have been less than what they're all these big entertainment companies are losing right now. So I work in commission sales. If if I sell something, I make money. If I don't sell it, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I've negotiated my my current agreement where I have a higher percentage. And the logic that my owner has is like, well, you only get that if you sell more. You don't get it. You know, it's like, yeah, I'll do it because I'm dang, I'm still dangling a carrot. You still have to go earn it. Mm-hmm. And if you pay, you know, if you earn it and you've made me enough money, yeah, I'll pay you because you've earned it. It's the same concept. It's like if if they if they're a part of a movie that's a dud that makes a hundred million dollars when it should have made five hundred million dollars, well, there's no residual there, you know. But if it's Avatar three and it makes a boatload of money for everybody, then yeah, you get paid. But it's like, 
the movie still has to do something. It still has to succeed to get royalties. You know, it's it's got to be one of those. And, and the movies that really make a lot of royalties long term are like Footloose, something that 40 years later are still relevant. Karate Kid or something. Back to the Future. Fast and the Furious. Like, but for every one of those movies, it's like a pop culture movie. How many of those are, how many hundreds or thousands of movies are out there that you'll see one time and some people will never watch? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I've seen Back to the Future a billion times, but I'm sure there's some other Michael J. Fox movie out there that I've seen once or never even seen. Mm -hmm. So like, it's a, it's a roll of the dice. But if, if the movie makes money, everybody gets paid. If the movie doesn't make anybody, any money, nobody gets paid. Yep. So what's the big deal? What's the big argument about? Right? I mean, there's a ton of stuff on Netflix that, you, that you'll skim through and you're like, nah, that doesn't look appealing. And there's some stuff that's rated really high top 10. But there's a billion movies on Netflix and there's 10 that are doing really well. So for all those other crappy movies over there, what are you worried about? That nickel you got to pay that dude? You I know. think I think money alters people's minds, and when you're in a position of power with that kind of money, and I, I know it sounds weird coming because from us poor poor folk, but you would think, oh, they're asking compared to me, that's piddly diddly change, right? Yeah, you know, two hundred fifty million dollars to me is nothing because I'm a billionaire. That's like giving away twenty five thousand dollars or right. less, right? Like that is nothing to them, but. I think when you have money, you want more money and you are not as quick to give it away. I think having that much money and power inevitably alters your brain, whether you're aware of it or not. I don't know. I think the more you have, the more you want. I just think it's interesting that the the logic, like the, the mentality is we don't want to give this away. You're not giving it away. They've earned it. Just like you're just like Avatar 2 earned $2 billion. Mm -hmm. It had to earn that money. And those actors and those writers and the people that did the FX and all that, they all deserve that money. Yep. Because that movie wouldn't have made $2 billion if it wasn't for all those people. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's like, hey, you're going to make a lot of money. And then you're going to have a movie like The Flash that you thought was going to make a billion dollars that made $200 million. And guess what? You don't have to pay those people as much because the movie sucked. Mm -hmm. You know? It goes both ways. Give and take. All they're asking for is to get what they've earned. Yeah, they're not asking for too much. And there's so much mm -hmm. media. And, and the thing they don't realize is that this is a media, um, this is a content-driven society. There's new content all the time. You know? There's hashtag this movie, hashtag that movie, hashtag this movie. Every day. There's new stuff. I mean, Netflix, again, Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, blah, blah, blah. It's like there's new stuff coming out all the time. There's so much content out there. And if you really want to sit there and try and fight this, all you're going to do is shoot yourself in the foot because that can all stop. And people are going to be like, you know what? No, there's enough content out in the world. We don't need new content. We'll just sit here and take my ball home. You know, was it the, the take my ball and go home game? <laughs> I mean, who's going to win? Nobody. No, nobody what sucks wins. is that for a lot of these writers and even for a lot of the actors, I mean, other than maybe some residuals that the actors or if the writers get residuals that they may be getting, they're not technically employed right now. Like they're not bringing in income. A lot of them have had to pick up side jobs yeah. just to have an income while they strike. 
And that's the thing too, is that that's the thing that they don't realize is that you're crippling the majority of people. Mm -hmm. You're crippling the majority of the industry, not the 1%, not the, you're not hurting Brad Pitt or Ben Affleck or any of them. You're, you know, it's just like anything else. Just like when you're an actor or a model or a football player or whatever, there's 1% that make it maybe what 2% maybe, but it's like you have thousands or hundreds of thousands of other people that it's affecting. It's like Brad Pitt doesn't care if this thing takes a year or two. He's like, all right, whatever. Yeah, he can take a year off and it I won't affect his pocket. Yeah, yeah, it's not him you got to worry about. It's all these other hundreds of thousands of people that you're affecting. And that's the ones that handle all the everyday things. You know, Brad Pitt or Matt Damon come out with one movie like every four to six months. You know, it doesn't hurt them. But these other people, the grunt workers, the people that are producing content every day, that's the ones that it's hurting. Mm -hmm. There's pre-production, there's post-production, there's people that have to work on that for, you know, nine months after they're done filming and then they can finally, you know, release it in theaters. Yeah, like if you ever watch a Marvel movie and you see like, oh my God, there's like 900 people that worked on this movie. Yeah. It takes 10 minutes to go through the credits. Maybe it takes six months to film, but then it takes, you know, 11 to for post-production. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a, we, we got into a real long tangent on this thing, but it's unfortunate. Just settle it already. I know. We're going to start losing content. This time next year, we're not going to have anything to talk about. Like, so, have you seen any new shows? Nope. No, I saw the rerun of, uh, you know. We'll get into some new hobbies, read some new books. <laughs> We'll, we'll have to find other things to do. Oh, maybe I'll finally get you to watch the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, God. I guess I'm going to have to at that point. I know. <laughs> All right. We'll move on. Um, the next piece of entertainment gossip, and I won't call it gossip because it's true, but I wanted to bring this up because I personally went to the Jonas Brothers concert. They came to uh, Arlington, Texas. Globe Life Field, which is where the Texas Rangers play. I went. I had a great time. Loved the concert. I thought they performed very well. All good things to say. However, I noticed that Nick, like, said or mentioned, like, hi, wife, whatever, and, like, Kevin did the same thing, but Joe, excuse me, Joe Jonas didn't. He didn't mention, like, because, like, the wives go on tour with them. The Jonas sisters. Jonah's sister-in-laws, whatever. And their kids go too. And they normally mention hi to their wives or something or like, love you, babe, you know. And like people see the wives there. The wives are at every concert. Um, Joe Jonas didn't do that. He didn't like make a mention to Sophie or anything. And I also noticed, because I was pretty close to one of the really big screens and I was kind of close, kind of close to the stage. He was not wearing a wedding ring. And I noticed that because I'm a girl and I noticed it. Didn't say anything. But... That concert was on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. so I went in the middle of the week. The following Saturday, so three days later, is when they, him and Sophie publicly came out and said that they are officially getting divorced. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, you were there. Yeah, maybe kind of sad. Maybe kind of sad. I thought they were a cool couple. And he divorced her, right? If I'm reading uh, that right? Uh, 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 I think it was kind of mutual, but he's the one like saying, so he's been doing like a lot of PR and putting out a lot of statements saying that she wasn't necessarily the best mom. Like she was always out partying and put her friends above being a mom and her family. And I didn't believe it for a second. No. No, you don't think that's what happened? No. 
What what happened then? We don't really know. Um, Because it's like his word against hers. But I think Sophie is being very professional in all of this because it might it would have been really easy for her to just come back and say he's a filthy liar and that's not what's happened and she could like you know drag his name through the mud too if she wanted because she's also a really big star mm-hmm. you know he's a big famous musician she's a big famous movie and tv star so she has a lot of power in this but i think what she's doing is smart because she's keeping to herself she's not you know bad mouthing him in any way because even though they're getting divorced they're not officially divorced yet like i think they just got their attorneys they're gonna have to like negotiate i don't know if there's prenups involved mm-hmm. negotiate you know all their assets you know custody they have two kids yeah because they sold a house right they, like yeah like recently like they um, had a house in miami that they just sold like because... a month before they announced it i think mm-hmm. um so i'm assuming they're still gonna have to like meet and negotiate and split all that stuff up and a judge is gonna look at that behavior like Mm -hmm. a judge is gonna look at that so i think she is being very smart and looking ahead and saying my actions now are going to affect you know my divorce hearings in the future so i think she's being smart now because i think all the news articles i was reading was saying that he filed for divorce from her I, i i i think that's true because yes. somebody has to be very rarely do you see them like file jointly or anything. I mean, or, someone has to file. Someone but has to say like, I know, but it could still be mutual. It's like you both can't file. One person has to file. I know, but I think like I don't know. They just keep saying he's filed for divorce. Makes it sound like she did something. This entertainment article says that their marriage is irretro. I can't even say it's right. It, it's broken. They were married for four years. They had two daughters together. They sold their Miami house, and now they're getting divorced. Man. Um, let's see. To officially announce the news, Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas released a joint statement on their respective social media accounts that said, after four years of marriage, we have mutually decided to amicably end our marriage. Mm. But then he goes and like says she's a bad mom and parties too much. To the press. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure we'll find out the truth. There's too much media out in the world. We'll find we'll find out what really happened one day. You can't ever keep that stuff under the rug. No. And I mean they've had quite a whirlwind like dating, courting, whatever you want to call it. They technically I think got married in Vegas. Is that the is this the one where he messaged her on like Instagram? Was this the couple? Instagram. Didn't he message her on Instagram? Like he just like slid into her DMs or something? And what did he say? No, like when he first met her. Oh, I don't know about that. I think that's I think I was reading something like that. Like that's how he met her. I don't know about that. Maybe. All I know is that, you know, he's he's like five she he's slightly older than her by like maybe five or six years. So not too big an age gap, but he is a little bit older than her. I think they got married in Vegas and then actually had like a real Mm -hmm. ceremony wedding several months later. I think they got married in France. Um, And then she got pregnant with their first kid, I think that following year. Um, So one thing that sticks out to me, and I'm not saying this is the reason they're getting divorced, but I feel like they got married when she was kind of young. Right. I think they had a kid 
pretty early into their marriage, she's still fairly young. Not saying she didn't want her kid, not saying she didn't want her second kid, but if I was 23 and I'm starting to get a really big career, remember, this is like the height of Game of Thrones. I think she was in like that X-Men movie. Mm -hmm. Like she's getting really popular. This is like her career is getting big. And then you get married and have a kid. Maybe she did dedicate a lot of her time to her family. And then maybe, you know, she wanted to dedicate some time now to get her career back on the ground. Because by the time they got together, the Jonas Brothers had already broken up or been on break or whatever. Because the time they got together was when Joe Jonas or Nick Jonas was doing his stuff. And the other one was doing his thing with DNCE. Yeah, that or, was Joe or Jonas. That was Joe Jonas. Whatever. They're all, all I just know Nick Jonas. <laughs> so by yeah, that's when they got together. And then they reunited as the Jonas brothers. But they were like, yeah, it's like you've kind of peaked at your career and you're like, I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna scale back. Yeah. I'm gonna start a family. But she's opposite. She's ramping up her career still. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can I can get that. It's like Maybe, you know, it's it's not, re- I don't want to call it resent- resentment or indifference or anything like that, but maybe she's just feeling frustrated that, you know, I want to get back to my career. I want to put some time and energy and focus on this, you know, I still love my family and I chose this. I, I want to be there for them, but you can't, if Joe's allowed to like rejoin the Jonas Brothers and go on tour, you, she should be allowed to, you know, go wherever country she needs to go to to film a movie or a show or whatever role she gets. I'm not saying like he forbade her from doing it, but I bet my yeah. gut's telling me there might've been some frustration between the two of them. That could have been a cause. Well, and I know that in some of some of these uh, celebrity relationships, they try to have some kind of, not an agreement, but they have some kind of understanding that like, hey, if I'm working, you're not working. Mm-hmm. Somebody's gotta be here for the kids. You know, it's like they try to they try to rotate their schedules around. It's like, hey, you're going to go do this movie and then come back and we'll hang out for a couple of weeks. And then you're going to go do a movie. But we're going to be one of us is going to be here for the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and their kids are little. Their kids are like they're Yeah, I think she just had one maybe this year or a year ago. And I think the other one's a toddler. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, and it could three be or like, four. It could be like the whole like postpartum. It could be a lot of different things. Yeah. Man. So you got little kids, and then you're just like, I'm just going to go on the road, honey. I'm going to go on the road on tour. It might be his fault. <laughs> well, technically, sure I heard that he technically has his kids with him. Like, he took his kids on tour, um, and apparently, like, people were giving him flack for saying that, because they're like, oh, so, like, you're, you're being a parent. Like, you're taking care of your kids. You think she should have to take care of the kids so you don't have to take care of your own kids while you're on tour? No. You want any kids? And if you have to take care of your kids while you're on tour, then that's what you do because you're your dad. Right. You know. Huh. Man, there's a lot of he said, she said here. Hence why I don't have any children yet of my own. Hmm. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to um, our next to last story. Um, This was one I learned about a person I had never heard of before. That's why I said celebrity, like I really was saying saying it loosely because I didn't know who the hell this was. Yeah. So our the next thing I'm going to talk about is something that's happening. I guess this is a YouTube star. Her name is Ruby Frankie. Star. Star. She's a she's a popular YouTuber, um, and she ran a page where she would just film 
her life with her kids and things that went on. She would do vlogs, things like that. Kind of like like the shows you see on TLC, like the Plas and the Duggars and all that, except it's like her phone. She doesn't have a camera crew. It's just all her and she's posting it all. She Yeah, it was called Eight Passengers. Mm-hmm. She had over 2 million subscribers and it was her and her six kids. Yep. Um, but she has been arrested and charged um, with aggravated child abuse. And she's currently awaiting trial in jail. So apparently like they found like one of the kids got escaped. So one of her kids, I believe it was one of her sons. Mm -hmm. It's like 12. I say escaped. I don't really know how he got out of the house, but I guess, you know, he wasn't supposed to leave, but he got out of the house. He ran to a neighbor's house. The neighbor let him in and he asked the neighbor for food and water. And so the neighbor, seeing him in distress, gave him food and water. And then that's when the neighbor noticed that he actually had, like, marks around his ankles and his wrists, apparently. From yeah, like, some, he, like he'd been bound. But bound by tape, apparently, I guess is what he told the neighbor. And the neighbor called the police. Um, or the police or Child Protective Services or someone. And they arrested Ruby Frankie because of this. And so now all this stuff is coming out since her arrest about what an awful person she is. So, okay. So they're talking about, okay. I'm not saying she's not an awful person. She's definitely an awful person for doing that to her kid. Mm -hmm. But then they started pointing out like dirt on her from the past. Mm -hmm. Some of this stuff is, I don't think it's a child abuse. So one of the stories was where they were giving her flack because she had one of her, her kid's bedroom was taken away. Her son, Chad. It was taken away as a punishment for pulling pranks on his younger brother. And they said that he was forced to sleep on a beanbag bed, like a beanbag. Mm -hmm. And they thought that that was abuse. And mom's like, well, I gave him the option of a beanbag, a pullout guest bed, or an inflatable mattress. And he chose the beanbag because he said it was more comfortable. I mean, I don't think that's abuse. No. But if you make your kids sleep on that for seven months, I don't think the punishment fits the crime. No, the punishment does not fit the crime. But here's another one. And this I'm gonna I'm gonna defend her on this one. So somebody said that her the school called and said that her daughter didn't have lunch mm-hmm. and that she needed to come bring her kid lunch. And she's like, No, I'm not gonna take her lunch because she she should have uh, she's responsible for packing her own lunch. So I'm refusing. Well, here's the thing people don't understand. I don't know how this works in other parts of the country, but they literally have lunches at our school just for those kids. Like, if you don't have any money on your account and you don't have a lunch bag and you don't have, like, your own lunch, they have, like, the sack lunch that's like, here's a here's a ham sandwich, here's some here's an apple, or here's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. They all, all the schools have that because growing up, I always knew somebody that forgot their lunch or didn't have their mm-hmm. money. So it's like, they make it sound like she starved her kid. She didn't starve her kid. She just forgot her lunch. But they make it sound like, no, mom refused to feed this child and the school wasn't going to help this kid. It's like, what school did this kid go to where they didn't want to feed the kid? Well, I think at the time, there wasn't enough evidence of that. But that was also, I think, maybe a year or two before she was arrested. Because this kid that escaped and, like, went to the neighbor's house, this kid was severely, like, emaciated. No, no, no. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not belittling that. Yeah. I'm just belittling the fact that they start bringing up, like, old dirt on her saying she's so mean to her kids. It's like, 
She probably was. I'm not saying she wasn't. Obviously, she got arrested. Yeah. But those two instances, I was like, eh. I, I think those they're... two instances, though, really play into or kind of highlight that what she's being charged with now. Because of what someone did is they went back through all her posted video content on YouTube and there are so many videos where like she's filming herself and her kids and she's like, oh, if you don't, you know, do your homework or blah, blah, blah. Or if you don't do what I'm asking, uh, you're not going to eat tonight. And it's not one video. It's not two videos at random times where she says this. It's in so many videos. Like she's every like, night she's you, you. Yeah, she's like, mm, you don't need to eat right now. And the kid's like, yeah, I do. Now that now that's weird. Yeah. I think that this is mainly coming down to the kids not being nourished the way, the way they need to. I think it's one way she's able to like control her kids and her family. Um, and this has been going on a while, apparently, because a lot of the people that know her or knew her, neighbors, various acquaintances, coworkers, friends, whatever, didn't think she was a good person and knew like something was going on with the kids. Not that they knew the full extent of the abuse or if they were being starved, but like they, right. they like would see these kids and go, something's going on. Like these kids are not necessarily acting completely normal like other kids. Right. And when Ruby Frankie was arrested, I think her oldest daughter is in college. Her oldest daughter is like an 18, 19 or something like that. And the oldest daughter was like, thank God it's about time she yeah. was arrested. Yeah, I did see that. She's like, justice has been served. Yeah. Um, and I have no news on the husband, Ruby Frankie's husband. Apparently he is denying that he took, um, that he did any of the abuse. That he's saying he's denying all of it, that he didn't do anything and that he didn't know this was going on. Well, they arrested her and like a business partner, I think. Mm hmm but how do you not know? That that's the thing. Like you're her husband, you live in the same house. Like you know. I didn't you know, know that my son didn't eat for eight days. Yeah. What the hell? I don't know what's going on with my wife and kids. They're not my responsibility. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you, Joe Jonas? <laughs> don't know what's going on with your wife and kids. Oh yeah. So it's I don't know. This is just a really sad story. I mean, I'm glad that the kids are safe quote safe now and hopefully they're getting the help and everything that they need well, but i'm interested in this case and i want to kind of keep looking at it when she finally does go to trial so i do hope that these kids don't go to their father because he doesn't know how to handle anything either apparently well he's not being charged for anything I know, but why would you want to go to dad dad's pretty useless too i think legally they might ha might have to but dad doesn't sound very uh Dad's also under the eye of the public now, so dad, Dad's not going to do anything dad's gonna to make mess sure this up. Dad's going to make sure he takes you to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. um, well, so this is a lot of news. Yes. A lot of sad news. Like a lot of, I mean, it's, it's sad, but it's real. It's real news. It's really what's going on. A lot of sad news. Well, let's end it on a good note. Yeah. And it's also kind of a celebrity story. I mean... It is a celebrity story. It happened at a rock concert. You can call it a celebrity story. I call it a feel-good story. Yeah, we'll call it both. <laughs> so I have two doggies. You have four doggies. So this article, this story made me really happy because it's about a doggy. Doggy. It's about a doggy. So apparently there's a dog that's out there. He ran away from home. This dog got out. But that's not what, ha that's not what they thought happened. 
and uh, let me get to the okay. the whole point the, okay. the gist of the story so this dog was out by himself running around outside of his home he managed to run to what's what's the stadium in los angeles sofi stadium in inglewood Yes. Okay. So he, this dog ran, walked, ran, whatever to that stadium, got into said stadium and in said stadium, Metallica was playing. This dog somehow managed to get into the concert. I think he had his own seat. He was like Mm -hmm. sitting in a seat seat. by himself, enjoying the Metallica concert. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And... I think I don't know how long it was there. I think the dog was there for several sets, mm-hmm. song sets, whatever. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't know where the dog came from. So I think you mentioned some people thought that it was like a service dog that someone abandoned at the concert. So I'm in I'm in a, a lot of Metallica groups. And especially during tour, people post like pictures from the sets, you know, different set lists and all that, different shows. And a lot of people posted that. They posted that dog. And they're like, this dog got left here. This this poor dog is just sitting here in a seat. This poor service dog. And, you know, that's not good for an animal. They can't handle that, you know, stuff mm-hmm. that loud. And um, I guess a, uh, the dog catcher or whoever, the what is it, the animal control, I guess picked him up. Mm-hmm. And then somebody had posted from some animal rescue place that they were trying to get this dog. Yeah, the but- dog was taken to the Animal Hope and Wellness Foundation which was a shelter. Um, and so they posted on Facebook that they had this dog that was at this concert and the owner saw that post yeah, and got their dog. Like three or four days later, the owner posted something on Facebook and it's like, hey, you know, just letting you know, like the dog's okay. This is my dog. We didn't leave the dog. We didn't go to the concert. They go, the dog got out. We lived down the, like across the street from the stadium. The dog got out and went to the stadium and ended up sitting there and just watching the show. <laughs> And for those of you wondering, the doggy's name is Storm. She's very cute. And Storm just sat there and watched. I don't know how much she watched, but she watched enough to where, like, she sat there. They're like, yeah, she just sat there. She's just like, okay, cool. Like, enjoying the concert? Yeah. Almost, you know, that makes me kind of somewhat believe in, like, reincarnation. Like, maybe that dog was, like, a hard metal music fan in a past life. Like, a human. I was just sitting there enjoying it. So... Okay, if some, as a human being, you know, you're a human being too, but as a human being, if you try to sneak into a rock concert, you have a lot of layers of security that are going to prevent you from that. It's very difficult. Apparently, as a dog, no. They're just like, oh, it's a it's a seeing eye dog. It's a, uh, what, what's the other one? The emotional support. Emotional support dog. Oh, it it must be a bomb sniffing dog and he's just running around. Or can like tell if you have seizures coming on like They're like this dog must be official. He's just a dog. I don't even think it had like a vest on. No, it was just a I think he just had his little collar on, but it's like you don't question the dog. The dog ran around and he sat she sat down and she watched a concert and nobody thinks like this dog shouldn't be here. <laughs> It's like if you're an animal, if you're an animal and you're listening to this show, you got free reign to do whatever you want. Especially if you're a dog. Dogs look official. Especially big dogs. Yeah. She's a bigger looking dog. Big dogs like everybody assumes like, oh, this big dog knows something. Like this dog does something. It's got a job. You know, if my Yorkie's running around, they're gonna stop him. Because like, nah, you don't look very you can't do anything. You're not you're not of any service to anybody. But if you see like a German shepherd running around 
you're like, man, that dog's doing something. Mm-hmm. He's official. He's just he's playing the part. So, man, I would have loved to be in the seat next to that dog. Join like, the concert, petting that dog. I'd just be like, um, well. Giving it some water and some of my popcorn. What if that's your seat? I've been like, he can, she can have it. She can sit in my lap. I'd have been like, where did this dog come from? How do I get this dog out of my seat, bro? I would have taken it home. I paid $300 for this ticket. Get out of my seat. <laughs> no, I probably would have called like security and been like, hey, there's a dog here. It doesn't belong to anyone. And this dog doesn't, hey, but then when they don't have fear, that's when you got to worry because you're like, are they rabid? Because rabbit animals don't have fear. So it's like, this dog's not scared of anything. This dog is smiling in the picture. This dog's going to bite out. me. Yeah, it's like, this dog's going to bite me. I know he is. So Aww. that's a feel-good story for you. Yeah. Doggy's safe and sound back home. Metallica dog. Got to see some free Metallica. Man. Everybody is envious of that dog. Me too. Well, I think that wraps up Law and Disorderly News. Yeah. it's enough tea for today. Enough tea. Plenty. We had plenty of it. Plenty of tea. We'll we'll sa- some more again in the future. We'll save some for another day. Yes. So, let's wrap it up. Let's thank Wayspace Audio for the music, as always. Thank you. Young Ideas Dish for all your dish and Google product needs. Thank you. And on behalf of myself and Miss Caitlin, hey. that's Law and Disorderly News. We'll <laughs> holler at you guys. Oh, they're going to a concert. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Later. <laughs>